You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. It's always a special treat for me when I get to have another photographer on my podcast. Welcome, Malika. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to see your beautiful face. And I just, I love it. It brings me back to when we were planning my photo session because you took pictures of me for my branding photos. So that was a fun experience. It was. It was nerve-wracking for me to photo, always nerve-wracking to photograph another photographer. But I think it's so important as photographers to also be in front of the camera instead of always behind it. So Amen, sister. You know, I'm a big proponent of that. And it, you know, it's so funny because in my world with boudoir, people will always say, Oh, well, I, I took selfies. I'm like, no, no, it's different. Taking selfies is a different experience than being in front of somebody else's lens. Yeah, absolutely. And the same goes with brand photography. I mean, there's so much planning, as you know, that goes on even before we talk about the stories that we want to capture. We have to talk about your brand and, you know, how you're different than everybody else. There's a lot of strategy that happens first. So this is what I love so much about you because you're such a strategist. Like it's, it's remarkable to me how your brain works because I do not work that way. Like Malika and I, this is how we work together. She like would send me a form and I want you to fill everything out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out the day of. And she's like, no, no, no. I I really want to be prepared. And let's talk about the shots and the outfits. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out when you come. (laughs) You know, like we have completely different styles that way. And it's funny because somebody asked me recently, you know, how much storyboarding do you do? And do you prepare for your shoots? And my answer to them was like, I can't, I just can't prepare that way. I need to think on the fly where you're completely the opposite. So tell me a little bit about, um, well, I guess before we get into everything, even though we sort of teased who you are, tell us a little bit more about what you do. Let's talk about that preparation, how you really get to know the women that you work with. Sure. So my name is Malika Malhotra. I'm a brand photographer and a brand strategist at Miki Photo and Co. And I really work with women entrepreneurs. I've sort of niched down to that space and empower women to stop hiding behind their logos and their websites and really become the face of their brand. I think in today's digital world, we all have to be seen in order to emerge as leaders. And if we're not sort of taking that step to show up as the face of the brand, we can really leave money on the table and be left behind just because it's so competitive right now. Um, And a lot of the work I do with women entrepreneurs is, yes, we do the photography and the storytelling, but before I even pick up my camera, I want to get a handle of their story. So that's where the strategy comes into play, where I'm asking questions about, you know, why you started this business in the first place and what are the things that you believe in and that you're passionate about so that I know like what you're putting the stake in the ground for. Um, Because all of these pieces, your purpose and your vision, I, I really feel like it's what will help you differentiate from everyone else in your market. And it's what creates that soul to your brand that then helps me visualize into stories and photos so that your brand comes to life. Um, so I think people are 
often surprised how much work does happen before we get to the photo shoot. Um, because we obviously we talk about styling and props and locations, but I ask a lot of questions that are strategic about, you know, how are you different? Who do you serve? You know, what is the vision that you want to take your brand in the next five years, 10 years? Because I'm a believer that we're creating movements here instead of just delivering products and services. Yeah. I mean, amen to everything you said. I feel like I'm going to say that 40 times during the podcast today, because the thing is that you can go through Instagram, especially, I mean, it's become so easy to take a decent photo these days that people are just, you know, it, but it blends, you know, if you can take a spectacular photo that really shows who you are and really gets that message across, you're going to stand out. And I think it's more important than ever to be doing that. Yes. And I think, you know, social media has made it harder to stand out because, you know, there's so much inspiration at our fingertips that it's easy to look at what everybody else is doing. It's easy to copy or um, mimic what all of the influencers are doing instead of digging deep and rolling up your sleeves and asking yourself the hard questions about like what your purpose is and where you want to take your brand and who you want to serve and how your process or your personality or your products and services are different. I mean, that is where the magic is, is when we can like figure out how we are slightly different than everybody else. And then, you know, share that message boldly with our audience. And, you know, I encourage a lot of my students and my clients just to even think about niching down and, you know, finding that corner of the market to own and stop being like a jack of all trades. But it's scary. It's really scary for a lot of people because they feel like they're, gonna not get those clients and they're not gonna be successful. Um, so it takes courage not only to be the face of your brand, but to also try to like, you know, own a little piece of the market, even if it's smaller than the general market. But I do feel like that is like a key ingredient to having a, a leadership type of a brand versus just looking like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, especially in the world of photography, oh, we yeah. can see from that. I mean, everyone's a photographer these days, right? So, you know, what is going to separate you? And the truth is you are the only thing that's unique about your business, right? You are the, and so, but people are so afraid to show themselves. They're so yeah. afraid. So what do you tell women? I love that I'm asking you this because people usually ask me this. What do you tell women that are afraid to get in front of the camera? So a lot of, you know, the insecurities come up, right? We all have them, you know, we, we feel too fat or too old, but I really try to counsel my women that it's bigger than us. Like this message that we're trying to share with our audience, the service that we're trying to impart on our clients is like, it's a movement, it's bigger than us. And so we have to sort of be confident and be courageous to think about like what we're trying to say. The message we're trying to convey is so much bigger than like our insecurity about like having too many wrinkles or feeling a little overweight. And you got to focus on the purpose and the mission. Um, and I think what happens when we do have those conversations is like once they're in front of the camera and once they're, it's like a, a light switch goes off and they start feeling like, oh my God, I'm in this. This message is bigger than me. I'm really going to make some change and some impact with people that I want to serve. And they think less about their outfit or the props or how they look and more about how they're going to serve their audience. And, and at the end of the day, that's really what's important. Do you find that 
like I talk about my photography and how when a client comes to me, often it expands certain things in her life. Like she'll, she'll leave feeling very worthy and powerful. And so she'll like break up with a boyfriend or apply for a new job or, you know, she expands, you know, it's, yeah. it's like her and, um, there's really no stopping it. There's no going back after that really. So do you find that the same thing happens for your clients that they're more dedicated to their business or they're more, they feel more connected to what they're doing? Absolutely. I mean, the transformation is huge. Once these women get this library of visual assets, they're pitching press, they're applying for podcasts, they're speaking in front of rooms because now they feel so confident and they have like the visual assets to support their message. Um, They're raising their prices. They're, um, you know, niching down to serve a smaller market because they know they want to be a leader there. I see a lot of these changes happen with them. Um, and it's remarkable. It's, it's pretty amazing that it takes some of this clarity around their story and then the visuals to show them who they can look like as this aspirational, authentic leader, then something sort of flips in their mind and they put themselves out there more. I think what's so interesting is, uh, you know, I talk about in my book, imposter syndrome and how we all struggle with it. I struggle with it. I'm sure you struggle with it. We all struggle with it. Uh, it's a big chapter in my book actually. And I give many examples of times that I felt that way in my life, but what's interesting about, um, what you do. Like, for example, you took photos of me as a podcaster, right? I had my headphones on and I had my microphone and it was, but I, I didn't really have a podcast when you did it. Right. But it sort of brought it to life. It was like, okay, well I am a podcaster. Look, there's visual evidence here. This is not like, oh, I just think I'm a podcaster or it's like a, an idea or something like out in the, in the universe, you know, right. no, I'm, it's actually happening because I have a photo of it. Right. And I actually love to, I call that my future forecast type of photo because I always ask my clients, where do you see yourselves? Like, where do you want to be? You know, do you want to travel the world and have retreats? Do you want to be in the style section if you're a personal stylist? And we'll take that story and we'll visualize it at the photo shoot. We'll actually create it because sometimes I think it's, if you have that visual and you share it with the world, that it's momentum that you're going to make it happen. Now, all of a sudden you're accountable because you're sharing that story. And so even if it's not happening right now, not only are you showing like a vulnerable side to your audience that this is what you dream of, but then you're also putting it out there that you could get there faster than you thought. I feel like we need one of those, just like a, I just need you to call it like a future forecast photo shoot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That would be I fun. <clears throat> that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to go somewhere really far away and I'm, I'm going to be retired and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, no, that's amazing. So tell me, um, who are your, is there like a certain industry that you like to work with the most? I mean, is it easier to work with, let's say, uh, you know, stylists because they're able to pick out their clothes, like unlike me, who is like, ah, um, you know, is there a specific genre that you really like working with? I mean, I love creatives who are visual because I think it helps, it just helps the process a little bit better. Um, So I love to work with interior designers, personal stylists, um, artists. I'm actually, I have a new client who is an actual artist. So I'm very excited about that behind the scenes, showing the process of her hands getting dirty and the paintbrushes. I think, you know, when you work with creative people, there are a lot of components to the process that make for good storytelling. Um, but then I do like to also work with 
the women who are in these saturated industries, that it's a little bit harder to stand out and it's more of a challenge. So health coaches or business coaches, there's so many of us, right? So what can we do to tell their story and demonstrate their expertise so that they are top of mind um, and that they do connect with their audience? So it requires me to be a little bit more strategic and ask the questions and dig a little bit deeper in their stories. But I like to do that because when I see the end result, when they get the photos and they have a message that is a little bit more laser focused, I see the change in their business also from someone who felt like they blended in with everybody else and maybe were copying someone else's messaging and their website to someone who now is like standing on their own and feeling confident that they are different, they are specialized and that they can be seen as an authority or a leader or an expert. So let me ask you, can we like back up? How did you get into this area of photography or either photography in general or understanding that this is really what you wanted to do? How did you know that this lights you up? So it's funny. I'm celebrating 11 years this week in photography. Crazy. And you've also been in photography for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. You know, I mean, I just want to say for those who are not photographers out there, it's a long time. It is a long time. When you start, there's so many people and then all of a sudden they disappear. Right. And then you're like, where did they go? And then maybe they come back and then new people come. So I've been doing photography for 11 years. I started with children and family because I had little kids at the time. Um, and I love that because I just love kids and their sense of wonder and the spontaneity, but, you know, I moved with my husband's job quite a few times. So I started in California, I moved to Florida and then I came to New Jersey. And so restarting a business is not easy, you know, looking for clients, getting your brand out there. When I started in, um, New Jersey, when I moved here eight years ago, I didn't have a business. I didn't have a brand. And I decided to join these women empowerment networking groups. And so that sort of introduced me to surrounding myself with like-minded, passionate women who are doing all sorts of different things. And my kids also were getting older at that point. So I was less interested in chasing the little kids and more interested in like headshots and figuring out, you know, what people were doing with their business and networking and, um, helping and collaborating with each other. And it just so happened, I just decided after doing headshot after headshot that there was more to it. Like I wanted to get into the many layers of people's brands. And it was at the time where online marketing was also starting to really flourish. So it was like 2015 where people, it was not only headshots, but we had Instagram and Facebook and there was this, a, a need for more images. And so I just made the decision to stop doing the other stuff and start focusing on brand photography, even though no one knew what brand photography even was. They were like headshots. That's all I need. And I'm like, no, you don't need headshots. You need more than headshots. Um, and then after doing that for a couple of years, I, I wrote a book about it. And then I started not only doing the brand photography, but then also doing some of the strategy part. We're helping people get clear on their messaging. So now that's all I focus on is brand photography and brand strategy Um, and I love it. I just, you know, I love that I can use my brain. I love that I can be creative, but also strategic and that I can help women. Women have a hard time being the face of their brand. And I really want to empower them to show up because you have to, I mean, they have these great businesses. They're so smart. 
But then there's that one missing piece of just showing up and either on social media or on their website. Like so many times you go to someone's website and the only time you see them is on their about me page. And you can't... Sometimes not even. (laughs) Yes. And you can't have that anymore. People do business with people in today's online marketplace. And if you, they don't see a photo of you, they're not going to connect with you. They're not going to know, like, and trust you. And they want to see more than you and your business look. They're going to want to see and learn about the things that you like to do on the weekends and how, you know, pull the curtain about what happens in your workspace. Like they want to know all the facets of you. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny because I've been talking a lot about Instagram with, um, you know, the, the photographers that I work with and we were talking about, um, you know, followers and interaction and this and that. So I said, you know what, here's the thing. I want you guys to put up your Instagram pages. I'm going to take a look at them and I'll critique them for you. And it shocked me how every single one of them didn't have a headshot as their picture, you know, as who they are. And the thing is, it's a tiny little photo, right? So, but I was like, you know, you guys, I want to see your faces. If I'm hiring you to take my clothes off and take a picture of me, I'm best seeing what you look like. Like, I want to know you don't look like a Mac, you know, an an ax murderer. Like I I need to make sure that you're, you're all right, you know? Um, but it's not just in in our industry or in my industry, you know, as far as boudoir is concerned, it's in every industry. I want to know who I'm buying from. Uh, you know, it creates a different different interaction and a different experience for the buyer. Yeah. I mean, cause business is, it's not transactional. It's not like here's money and I'll get the product and service in today's world. It's I'm building a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to like learn about you. I want to learn about your values and what you believe in, because I'm going to want to be tied to that as well. If I'm going to hire and invest this in you. So it goes for coaches. It goes for designers. It goes for photographers. You have to have your face out there because people want to connect with you. It's so important. It's, you know, I just think it's so obvious too. Like if you look at the marketing that's happening in the world these days, right? Like you look at um, the investment commercials, right? And they, they show you like, oh, this is a person who's tracking everything for you. I mean, we all kind of know that it's a little bit of bullshit, but you know, this is your individual person. And then, or like State Farm Insurance, right? State Farm is there or whatever their slogan, you know, right. they Every, everybody markets to like, I'm there for you where it's personal. You're not a number. You're not, you know, like there's a face behind this. It's not just, and I, and I do think it's so important, especially in a day and age where everything's turning into like electronics and calling and talking to somebody. Robots, like all the automation. Right. Right. Like I, I want to know, like if I'm ordering something online, am I going to be able to talk to a person if I have a problem with it? You know, and who is that person and what is the belief system of this business? You know, especially as women, I think we have um, an obligation to buy from businesses that have belief systems that are in line with our own, right? Like body positivity for me, example, like if I go to, you know, purchase lingerie or clothing or whatnot, I want to make sure it's from a company that believes in body positivity, right? Uplifting women and, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, if you're vegan, you want to make sure that you're buying products that are vegan and that they believe in the treatment of animals and, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, I know that that's sort of like stating the obvious, but I just think if you look at really good marketing these days, that's what companies are doing. It's not just the women entrepreneurs. It's, it's looking to what's happening in the world of marketing and bringing it to your business. Yes. And I bet like when you did that Instagram exercise, the people that actually posted images of themselves those probably got the most likes and the most engagement. They always do. Always. So I don't 
it's hard to like understand why people don't do it more often. You don't, you shouldn't do it in every post, obviously, but you should sprinkle in who you are because people are looking, they want to connect with you. And if they have to keep scrolling, keep scrolling to find actually the heart of the brand, the person behind the brand, that's a problem. They're going to go to someone else. They're not going to linger and stay. They're going to go to somebody else who's doing the same thing as you that might be showing up that they can connect with. Yeah. And here's like a little, I did something yesterday on my Instagram. I posted in my story because I do a lot of Instagram stories. I keep most of my personal stuff on the stories. I show most of my work in my feed with, with pictures of me every once in a while on the feed, no more than once a week, maybe once a month. <laughs> it depends on what's happening at the time, but uh, people love to see them. So I, I keep them on there, but most of my personal stuff is in my stories. And yesterday I posted an image that said, um, finish this sentence. If you know me, you know, I love blank. And what is so cool is doing something like that is sort of testing, right. To see what do people think I like, right. Are they right or are they wrong? And they were right, by the way. They were like shoes and your kids and family and candy and, you know, like all the things that I talk about all the time. And I was like, okay, I'm connected. Like we're connected. They know me. And when right. they, they don't know me, know me. But, you know, when they, they feel that they know something about me and they have something in common and they're connected. And then I go, okay, you know what? I'm putting the right stuff out on social media because they're seeing the real me. That is stuff I really love. Right. You're getting the engagement. That's what they want. You want is that engagement where you're having like this dialogue with your audience. Yes. Yes. And I think that, again, it all comes back to starting with the images and that dialogue and asking questions and telling people about you. And, you know, it's, uh, I think sometimes we think that we build trust when we ask other people questions, but the truth is when we, you know, listen and we interact and we exchange and we tell them stuff about us, they start trusting, you know, and then we ask more questions of them and then they can break down and trust us. And, as photographers, I think we're probably both really good at that. I know you are because <laughs> I worked with you. Um, I wish I could teach more of that. I wish you know that that was something that's teachable. I think people have to really pay attention to how to really connect through marketing. Yeah, I mean it's a two way street. Like you know, sometimes you see people online and all they're doing is they're talking so much and that they're preaching and they're like adding to the noise. And then you see marketers that are so smart and they're listening and they're asking questions and they're using the answers that they get to, to better their marketing. Um, so it's so important to be a good listener as a business owner and to ask the questions and, you know, do those fill in the blank statements on Instagram so that you're getting responses and you can learn what your audience is resonating with. Um, so that you're much more connected. I mean, it's social media. It's called social. You have to be social, right? I say that all the time. Don't forget yeah. the social and the social media. Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, you have kids, yeah? Yes. I, I have know you do. But tell sons. Yes. Three sons, 16, 14, and nine, which is crazy. It is crazy because you look like you're 16, by the way. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so it is crazy. Um, so what is life like as a working mom? So, you know, true pr- transparency, it's chaotic. It's crazy. You know, I love what I do. Um, and I love my family, obviously. And so being able to work from home and being an entrepreneur allows me to have kind of the best of both worlds. But because you're at home and you're working, there's is like a blur of lines. There's nothing that's separated. So with that comes a lot of you know, chaos and you almost feel like you're working 24 seven. Um, 
since I've been in business for 11 years, I try to, I've really made an effort in the last few years learning from some of the mistakes I've made in the past to create boundaries and to set up my calendar so that I have breathing room and to prioritize my family. But it's hard. And I'm not going to lie. If you want to be successful and you want to grow your business and you, you want to do things that are interesting and creative, it takes time and energy and work. And, you know, I feel spread thin a lot of the time, but I remind myself that I am being a good role model for my kids, that they're seeing me lit up and passionate and working hard. And that at the end of the day, that might be more important than like cooking a meal five days a week, right? You know, so there are days we order in and there are days we go out. We make that fun too, but it's it's not always perfect, but that's okay. Um, and I think with age, like you realize it's okay to let go of those things that they're not going to be damaged. Um, and that, you know, at least they get to see me as a mother, like being home, but also having something for myself. Like a lot of moms, I know they, they're still searching, right. For something that will light them up and, and they, maybe they don't have the support from their spouse or they feel like they can't do anything. So they're trapped. And, it, and, you know, it takes courage to like go out there and start a business and, and say that you're going to do this as well as stay at home. And not many people understand it, but you have to find those other mompreneurs that are going through the same lifestyle. Um, and that helps a lot. I mean, I've been very lucky. I have my tribe and we're, um, you know, there's a group of like six or eight of us and we all have businesses, but we're also home for pickup and we're volunteering when we can. And it's messy, but it's, beautiful too. So yeah, I find that, um, living in that space is so confusing for other people. You know, like when I moved to my area, I remember people going, Oh, do you work? I'm like, yeah, but I work from home, you know? And they're like, Oh, so you work for yourself. You work at home. Do you want to have lunch Tuesday? You know? And I'm like, I can't because I have work to do, you know? Right. But what do you mean? Aren't you your own boss? Like, can't you just like blow it off? Like, no, that's the problem. If it was somebody else, I could probably blow it off, <laughs> but I can't blow it off for myself. So it's like, you're not in the work at home. You're not in the working mom category. You're not the stay at home category. It's like, people don't know where to file you. Exactly. We're like right in the middle. So you're like, I have a meeting on my computer. Like you're always on your computer, but you're not like just on Facebook. You're really doing work. So yeah, it's kind of uh it's, it's hard for like me. A, it's, hard for me to, it's hard for me to differentiate also. Cause sometimes I go, well, wait a minute, this is why I'm doing this. So I can have lunch on Tuesday, but I have a deadline I do, and I have to work on it. And you know, it, it's, it is a very, um, hard thing to do to separate work and home life when you're doing it all in the same place. Yeah. I mean, there are moments where I'm like, oh, I just wish I could go back to like corporate, right. Where you leave the home and you focus 100% on work because you're out of the home office and you're in like a real office surrounded by people and you have a team and an assistant. Whereas a and solo, <laughs> yeah. And, but as a solopreneur, you're home and like, you know, it's just the lines are so blurred all the time, um, which is a good thing, but it also can be tricky. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, I've been thinking a lot lately about canceling my gym membership and getting a Peloton because time is really hard to find. And I'm like, you know, I re- if I could just hop on that thing at five in the morning and be done with my workout, I would have so much more time in my day, you know? But one of the things I get so nervous about is the community, the gym community, right? Not even that I'm friends with everybody or I socialize so much, but it's just about being around other people. When right. you're a solopreneur, it can get super lonely, even though we're on our computers talking to each other all day. <laughs> it can yes. get really lonely. Do you experience that? 
Yeah, for sure. Like I love to go in the morning to do my workout and I go to like these little boutique gyms, like different ones. So I'll do like soul cycle and then I'll do something called the blast, but it just, you just get a different energy. Like when you're around different people and you feel like, you know, you left your home for the day, you actually put on, like I got out of your PJs and actually dressed up, even if you're still going to the gym, but I just feel like it's a good thing for all of us to kind of get out of your workspace. And it just helps you feel more creative. Like when I come back, I just feel like, okay, I did something for me. I was out of the office and now I can kind of um, sit at my desk and like get real productive. Yeah. I love that. So I love your book. Your book is beautiful. Tell people where they can find it and also where they can find you. Sure. So my book is called The Brand Photography Playbook, and it's sort of a resource if you're planning your own brand photo shoot. It allows you to get like checklists and ideas for stories, props, questions that you might want to ask a brand photographer. So it'll really just give you like the nuts and bolts that all the things you need to know to plan your own shoot. And that's on my website, which is MikiPhoto, M-I-K-I-F-O-T-O.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. That's where I live. My handle is at Miki Photo Co. And yeah, I'm on Facebook. I have a free Facebook community, which I'm happy to link and share with you if people, you know, want to learn more, talk more about branding and visual storytelling. That's kind of my space that I do that with my people. Awesome. We'll share that in the uh, show notes as well. So everybody can grab that URL. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today and for your beautiful work and for doing everything that you do for women. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.